Strap in, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, everybody. Um, on this edition of the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast, we are going to start with our Golden Minutes segment. That way it doesn't distract from the rest of the conversation we're going to have. So here you have it, the Golden Minute. And now, for the moment you've been waiting for... It is time for the Golden Minute with yours truly, the Golden Rooster. Hello everybody, it is I, the Golden Rooster, the Gallo Dorado, or as some of you ladies know me, the Golden Gack. And the question I have this week for the Golden Minute, the highest rated segment of all time, is from Saul, some dumbass Mark, who listens to this podcast. He asks, what storyline would I have liked to be a part of in the last five years? Well, I tell you what, I should have been the one to end The Undertaker's undefeated streak at WrestleMania. I am stronger than him. I am stronger than Brock Lesnar. I would not have been taken to Suplex City. I would have fucked them both up. And that's the end of the Golden Minute. A rato. Well, that was interesting. Yeah, so what you guys just heard was uh, the golden minute. We went ahead and got it out of the way this week soon since it kind of fucked us last week and uh, messed up our audio a little bit. I think no matter what, that thing's going to get in our way every week. <laughs> but we got to do it. Yeah, so yeah, that that was uh, Golden Rooster. Hopefully you're still with us. Uh, this is episode 19 of the unprofessional wrestling podcast. We again are using a different program to record. So hopefully it turns out okay. And we don't sound like shit. Um, so this week, our main focus is going to be, we're going to start talking about the ruthless aggression era. (laughs) I was waiting Uh, to see if you were going to do it. Um, and so if you've seen our social media, we've we've kind of posted some stuff. Tomorrow, uh, July 27th, will actually be 17 years since John Cena's, I guess, official debut against Kurt Angle, where he comes out and says he's got that ruthless aggression, um, which coincides well with us talking about this. Right. So... Um, Sometimes um, we try to do stuff like we know what the fuck we're doing. 
Yeah, yeah. We got notes. I got I got some good notes, so it's gonna sound like we know what the fuck we're doing until we drift off. But um before we get into that stuff, uh it's been an interesting week in wrestling. Uh we had the Raw reunion this week. Uh what'd you think about that, Cody? Uh you know, I was I liked it. I mean, anytime you can bring back some nostalgia a little bit, I think it's okay. The one thing they did great this time is they didn't use the older talent to bury any younger talent. If anything, they used the older talent to put over the current talent. Well, just Mick Foley. Well, yeah, Mick Foley, which... No surprise to Mick. He's gonna take he's gonna take something like that for Bray. You know, I mean hopefully hopefully that elevates Bray. Obviously it's pushing Bray and Finn back into a SummerSlam match. Yep. Uh but uh I didn't mind the the click and the NWO and the OC now. Yeah, I was a little nervous about that because I you know when they when they first came out I was like oh shit it's the revival all over again, <laughs> right? Yeah, but um, but it was it was it was okay. Yep. Um, I think I think so. Case in point being that um, you know all this talk about Area Fifty One and all this weird stuff that there's probably actually time travelers. I think John Cena is a fucking time traveler. <laughs> yeah. Uh, could be. Because he was cutting cut a promo on the USO saying you look like your mug shots and blah, blah, blah. And three days later. Yeah. Once again, we have an USO in jail. Yeah. Goddamn USOs, man. But... Well, dude, what is. And yeah, I don't. <laughs> so we'll see how they talk themselves out of this one this time. Yeah. So um I guess the the big thing for me was uh I liked Austin's segment like it it was bad. I was a little disappointed I didn't get to see a real Stone Cold Stunner. Um I didn't see any interaction between him and Owens. I think Owens was at a house show uh a SmackDown house show. Uh, which I seen pictures mm. of, which didn't draw shit, which I mean, isn't surprising when you got, you know, this raw show, that's just huge. But, uh, mm. um, it was, it wasn't bad. Like I liked it. Like it's, it had that nostalgia factor. My big issue with it is they had their second quarter meeting here what, a day or two ago. And it felt to me like it was kind of, it was done and they pulled out as many stops as they could so they could present that at their quarterly meeting and be like, Oh, we've really turned a corner. Like, you know, this last week's ratings are above and beyond. And I don't know how involved the stockholders or, or whoever they do these meetings with are with the actual product, or if they just get fed bullshit and look at the ratings. Um, but it, it's, it was nice to see, uh, all those guys back on screen, given, you know, a small role, not overshadowing current talent. Um, but it's disappointing that we got to be to this point 
Uh, one thing I keep seeing, and we've seen since the beginning of the year, is how, you know, even even me talking with Saul, he's saying about Becky Lynch being the new Stone Cold, and now it's Kevin Owens pretty much ripping off that whole angle. He's got the full stunner. He's dropping um, heated promos, and he's attacking people backstage, and he's feuding with a McMahon. So they're pretty much redoing it in the PG era with Kevin Owens, which is fine because Kevin Owens is a great talent. But what made Stone Cold special was he was unique in that time. So instead of Mm -hmm. trying to, oh, it's the new Stone Cold or it's the new this, this, and that, how about you be the first you? You know, be... right. Like I don't, I don't mind. I'm all for the nostalgia factor, and I like seeing that type of stuff. But even, even when, uh, when CM Punk dropped the pipe bomb, wearing the Stone Cold shirt, and people are like, "Oh man, this is this is the new Stone Cold." That quickly got um, stomped out. Like he made it his own. He didn't do Stone Cold stuff. He became his own man. Do you know what I mean? And he was exciting for that. And so I don't know mm-hmm. why they can't do that with, for sure. with you know, Kevin Owens or Bacon. I don't know why we got to keep ripping off the pass. Like, let's build something new. So that was my rant. Agreed. I guess for the week. Um, SmackDown was really good. Did you see that? I watched most of it. Yes, I did. Uh, I didn't watch like every match, but like I fast forwarded through the parts that were boring. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, Kofi and Randy. Oh, yep. that one had some feels to it. Yep. And then I thought I loved it. I thought Ziggler's segment with Shawn Michaels was good. The only problem oh, is that was awesome. it's hard to take Ziggler seriously these days. You know what I mean? They shit on him so much that it's like, man, he does good good promo work, like he does good in ring work, but we all know where it's going. You know what I mean? So um it was right. it, it was Well and I mean Go ahead. Where's where is it going? Where is the So are we leading to another Ms. Ziggler feud at SummerSlam? Is that are they just oh well we need some good SummerSlam matches, so let's put Miz and Ziggler together because we know they can work, and we know they're gonna work good together. So is that what they're doing? I don't know. Why? Yeah, I don't like to see the super kick to Sean was freaking awesome. I was like, oh snap! Like I've never seen Sean taken down with his own shit before. And really, I mean, but it was pretty hard hitting and, too. You know, calling him a knockoff. Yeah, I mean, he, he, Son, Sean sold the shit out of it and Ziggler threw it in there too. Like, it was pretty, I think he, he might have caught him pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it wasn't an indie, it wasn't an indie super kick. <laughs> that's for damn sure. It wasn't all leg slap. Um, yeah. But, uh, so, so that happened. Uh, other than that, I thought they were going to, did you go ahead? Did you watch any NXT? I this did week? not. I read about um the two out of three falls 
thing. Yeah. Yeah, and NXT TV was okay this week. I mean, nothing. There was a great match between... I'm I'm still going to call him what I always liked him known as, Punishment Martinez and Keith Lee, even though he's Damian Priest now in NXT. Yeah. But uh, that was a hard-hitting... That was a good match for two big-ass dudes. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. surprised they haven't... Um, so I, I'm hoping that they, they give this Damian Priest guy... Or, or punishment Martinez, um, kind of a spotlight because I thought he was really good in Ring of Honor and he was kind of underutilized. Um, and then with mm-hmm. Keith Lee, I am really surprised they haven't pushed him into main event status yet. Like I thought him coming in, kind of like the buzz going around when he was coming in, that he would get pushed that way, and he has not. Mm-hmm. No. I think he had some nagging injuries that he was taking care of too, because he was off NXT TV yeah. for a while. But I <laughs> thought the same thing. I, but that freaking NXT roster is so indie darling doubt that it's like, okay, where do they go? I mean, obviously you have your two top indie darlings at the top with Cole and Gargano. Like, Okay, so we're getting them again, but what are we going to do after this? Like, we've got to... And Tommaso came... I've been seeing a lot of stuff that Ciampa's been saying. It's like, he wants to go back to NXT. He does not want to go anywhere else. Like, I could see him and Gargano staying there. I think they'll finish off that feud. For a while, which... So, I I think they have to. They have to finish it down there, because... If it gets too overly produced and overly scripted, it's going to fucking suck. Let, let so I guess it, that please. begs the question is he's, he, it was what, like a nine month time period he was going to be off? And it happened right before Mania. So yeah. maybe he'll be back around Royal Rumble time. So here's the thing Does Gargano win and hang on to the title until he comes back? Or does Cole retain? And they both go and do something different until Ciampa comes back and then they continue the feud without the title or does Ciampa go straight for the title with Cole or whoever else may be holding it? Boy, geez, way to throw that fucking out there. <laughs> uh, like <laughs> Ciampa and Gargano don't need a title. They don't. They really don't need that title. Um, So, and let Cole run with it. Like, I personally, like, I don't care who comes out of it with the title because I think we know that that match is already, people are already tagging that as match of the year. A two out of three falls where each of them pick a stipulation. Gargano's already picked street fight. Uh, Cole gets to pick his stipulation, and then if it goes to the third fall, then it's William Regal in a War Games match, no. probably. <laughs> so but, Cole picked just a singles match, but just a regular singles match. Yeah. Which uh, I don't. Know. 
I think if he would have picked no disqualification, everybody'd be like, "Oh well, obviously we know what's going on here." But yeah. so they got to escalate I don't know. it. Like it's not bad. Yeah, first fall is going to be Let's just regular. The second fall, they're going to reintroduce some weapons, <laughs> and then the third fall is probably going to be like a cage match or some shit like that. A ladder match. Yeah. Um, other than that, I guess. So I. Uh, other big announcement is on AEW. They've announced that October second, they will be starting their live television, and it'll be from the Capital One Arena, I believe, in Washington D.C. So that's big news. Oh yep. boy. Yeah, I see our boy. I see our boy Rich is like calling AEW out, <laughs> stepping into his fucking hood. Yep. Without when that's his. That's, that's C three right. W territory. Yeah, I messaged him right away. I was like, "Hey, you going to this shit?" And he's like, "We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to check them up. Let them know they're they're in our territory." I was like, "Oh shit." <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that's that's gonna be fun. I think they're gonna run a show. Uh, right around that time or a couple days before that. So that, that'll be fun. Um, and then the G one's still going. I've, I watched some of it and damn, it's good. Oh. Did you see, did you see Ishii? And I watched, Moxley I haven't finished it. Like, but man, what I watched is, it's just so different. Like I keep saying it and I keep praising Moxley because I thought he was shit as Ambrose, but he's so different than he was as Ambrose. Um, yes. He but he. John, gonna go out and say it. I'm a born again John Moxley fan. I, I mean, I didn't watch much of his stuff before he went to WWE because not a real big death patch guy i mean like they're fun every once in a while but i can't i can't watch people yeah fall into i can tell when we watched day. that show like, in vegas on. you were fucking but, hiding behind me when they were busting those light tubes over each other <laughs> you had safety glasses hurts. on <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> well you always got to be prepared never can be too safe uh you I, were wearing them. Was I wearing them? I don't remember if yeah. I wore them down there or not, maybe. I think you did. I look like <laughs> such a nerd all weekend. But, uh, That's what anyways, uh, the, the, uh, Moxley oh, had uh, a, a match with Shingo. Uh, I need to watch that. Um, and Moxley oh, is still undefeated. I haven't seen that one. Uh, tonight's match, well, it'll be the 27th, it'll be early in the morning, is going to be uh, Kenta and Okada. And they're really hyping this one up, so mm. hopefully this it's a good match lives up to the hype. Mm. Um, so I guess I guess we've touched wow. on a lot of what's going on. Um, you want to go ahead and dive into the ruthless aggression era? So yeah, let's do it. All right, so uh, we discussed it a little bit before we started recording, but. I think we have different uh, time frames of where we think it actually started. So um, go ahead and give your take on when you think it started, and then I'll give you my take and why I think that's where it started. Okay, so I personally think 
that the ruthless aggression era started. And this may be because I've personally seen it firsthand, but this was kind of the inner rumblings of it. So WrestleMania 19, I had the pleasure of being there live in Safeco Field. I forget the exact date of WrestleMania 19. Uh, it's like April something or other, April 3rd, 4th of 2003. Um, I'm in my my new podcast studio in my house that has all my movies in it. And I have a whole like WrestleMania shelf. And WrestleMania 19 is up there because that is the one that I went to, like I said. So that's when I think it started because I remember seeing a, a guy come out pre-Dr. Thugonomics and come out and say some stuff to the crowd and just, you know, Angle and Lesnar were the main event. That's when the the moonsault heard around the world happened or the shooting star press heard around the world happened. Um, so I think that was like, it may not have been the official start, but like right there is when I went, oh shit, this is, this is not Attitude Era anymore. Because you had your biggest guy from your Attitude Area era have his one last round, as he called it, mm -hmm. uh, at WrestleMania 19 and walk out, finally succumbing to The Rock after so many battles. And that was like the... I look at that now and I go, that was the end of the Attitude Era because you just, you basically just watched its biggest star have his last match. Okay. I will disagree so, with you. Of course you will. <laughs> so I'm right. That's the only reason I'm disagreeing with you. Um, <laughs> so I'm actually going back a year before that. So WrestleMania 18. Okay. March 17, 2002, I do have the date. I remember this uh, WrestleMania very well. Um, this is leading kind of after the invasion angle. We're kind of left in that flux where um, Ric Flair is the co-owner of WWF at the time. Um and he bought like the stocks from Shane and Stephanie or whatever. So they got this angle kind of going into that. They all have uh, different matches. This is when Ric Flair went against The Undertaker. Um, and then this was March 17th. Um, March 25th, 2002 is when they did their first initial draft and separated the two brands. That's where I think it started. And um, Ric Flair was kind of the runner of uh, Raw. And um, Vince McMahon drafted for SmackDown. And I have those, oh, yeah. those picks if you want me to go through them. Some of them are a little surprising. Um, there was 30 draft picks, 60 wrestlers overall. Um. So the angle being ran is that Ric Flair is the co-owner of WWE. Um, right. So I will read off kind of kind of the who was drafted first. So the first pick went to Vince McMahon. He picked The Rock. 
Um, and then it variates from there. So The Undertaker was the first pick for Raw. Kurt Angle to SmackDown. Then Ric Flair picked NWO for Raw. Chris Benoit to SmackDown. Kane to Raw. Hulk Hogan to SmackDown. Rob Van Dam to Raw. Billy Gunn to SmackDown. Billy Gunn and Chuck Palumbo to SmackDown. This is the number nine pick. Billy and Chuck. Yep. Uh, number 10 pick is Booker T to Raw. I'm an ass, man. Jesus. Don't fuck up my thing here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, number 11 pick was Edge to SmackDown. Number 12 pick was Big Show to Raw. 13, SmackDown Rikishi. 14, Rob of Array. 15, SmackDown Devon. 16, Raw Brock Lesnar. 17, SmackDown Mark Henry. 18, Raw William Regal. 19, SmackDown Maven. 20, Raw Lita. 21, SmackDown Billy Kidman. 22, Raw Bradshaw. 23, SmackDown Tajiri. 24, pick Raw Steven Richards. 25, SmackDown Chris Jericho. 26, Raw Matt Hardy. 27, SmackDown Ivory. 28, Raw Raven. 29, SmackDown Albert. 30, Raw Jeff Hardy. 31, SmackDown Hurricane. Uh, it kind of goes on and on. I'll read off some big names. 37, SmackDown was Diamond Dallas Page. Um, EDP. Yep. 44, Raw Goldust. 45, SmackDown Christian. Um, let's see who else is on here. Every time he says certain names, I'm like, back in those days, like Christian's entrance music was so goddamn annoying christian remember it was like the christian oh my god but i loved him <laughs> and then every time he said like edge or something i was thinking rated r super sorry yeah that's that's before that but uh i know but still <laughs> so that was the initial draft um then yeah, that was the first yep. one that was the first one. So it it kind of goes Good call. it kind of goes into that. So May 5th, 2002 is when WWF went to the WWE. And it was um it was because they couldn't use WWF like uh internationally. Yeah. I think they could still use it in the US yeah. and so they went to WWE kind of overnight. Um yeah, they got the F yeah. out. I remember that. Um, <laughs> so during this time, there were a lot of title changes. Triple H comes out of WrestleMania as the undisputed champion after beating Chris Jericho. Right. Um, Vince McMahon goes on TV and he starts touting this ruthless aggression stuff after he beats Ric Flair and loses power on the June 10th edition of Raw with the help of Brock Lesnar. Um, come July, he appoints general managers. The first general manager for Raw was July 15th, 2002, and it was Eric Bischoff. July 18th. Yep. And that was shocking. You remember that? <laughs> oh, dude, I was like, I remember watching that episode of raw live like legitimately sitting down on my couch and i was what year was that 2002 2000 2002 okay so i was early 20 i was early 20s oh fuck man holy shit i'm old yeah but yeah i 
I remember and Bischoff walking out and I was just like, what the fuck? Because I didn't follow dirt sheets that much back yep. then. They were pretty prominent, you know, Wrestling Observer and all those guys. But like I didn't like I still watched it just as a casual fan back then. Yep. And I just remember I was like me and my older brother. I got to give out a shout to my older brother who was at 19 with me. Um, we were just like, what the fuck? What the hell is Bischoff doing there? Like, we never thought we'd see him again after WCW yep. died. So, so he became yeah. the general manager. <laughs> Stephanie McMahon became general manager of SmackDown July 18th. I guess a little before this, as I mentioned earlier, June 27th, John Cena accepts Kurt Angle's open challenge after Vince McMahon introduced him at the beginning of the show. Very happy with him because he made Hulk Hogan tap out at King of the Ring the Sunday before. This is also the first time we actually see bald Kurt Angle since he had his head shaved at Judgment Day, I believe, by Edge. And so he's still yep, he's by still Edge, wearing yep. the wig thing with the, the chin strap. And he takes <laughs> it off here. There. And he, he issues the open challenge to someone he hasn't faced before. This is when um, John Cena comes out and he asks him, what do you have? And he says, ruthless aggression, and then punches him. And that was the introduction that we had for John Cena. Um, so th yep. this is why I say it started after that WrestleMania. Uh, some other stuff that happened okay. during this time. So I will read you kind of the, the, the only title at this time. So after... Triple H beats um, Chris Jericho at WrestleMania. Do you remember his next challenger? I'm going to test you on this. Cody? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm thinking. Oh, I thought we lost <laughs> you. No, I know who he faced at 19, but that was... Nope. Because I was there. <clears throat> Get over um, that already. Jesus. Uh, no, I don't. Oh, you know. <laughs> I've been to WrestleMania, so. um, I don't. I, I'm drawing okay. a blank. So he won the title from Chris Jericho. And then the next pay-per-view at Backlash, when he has the one title now, the undisputed WWE Championship, he faced Hulk Hogan and lost right. at Backlash. April 21st, oh. I remember this. And then May 19th, Hulk Hogan lost to The Undertaker. And then... Uh, I do re I and remember then July that 21st, Undertaker... I think they lost it in a triple threat um, involving Kurt Angle as well. July 21st, The Rock won it back. So during this time where the brands are split... The WWE champion is working both shows, right? And they've mm -hmm. flopped that right. belt three or four times already since WrestleMania. So Rock is now the champion. He goes into SummerSlam as champion, and they hot shot Brock Lesnar into that SummerSlam 2002. Mm -hmm. Oh, big time. So yep. he beats The Rock. The Rock leaves to do some movies. And now Brock is going back and forth on shows. Now, in September, Stephanie gets Brock 
exclusive to SmackDown as the Undisputed Champ. And I remember that edition of Raw, too, because she shows up to Raw and Eric Bischoff is like, what are you doing here? Like, you know, the fuck out of here. And then Mm -hmm. she leaves in the limo with uh, Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar. Lesnar and Heyman and Lesnar. So then Bischoff comes back. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I just I'm I'm rehashing all this in my head because a lot of this was the build. <laughs> I hate to say it again, but the WrestleMania 19 <laughs> in early 2003. God. So yeah, sorry. No, I just remember it because Lesnar was getting a he got hot shotted right into the Rock yep. at SummerSlam. Everybody was like, "Oh yeah, well, this, this is you know," but everybody knew Rock was taken off to do movies because uh yeah whatever fucking one he was doing at that time probably one of the scorpion kings one i think but yeah and then lesnar took off from there and was just so one of the things too that we we haven't brought up or i haven't brought up is it was after wrestlemania 18 i want to say april or may is when austin took his ball and went home do you remember that yeah, because they wanted him to Lesner. lose to yep. on Lesner. the Rock. Yep. And this is when Lesnar is coming in as a rookie. He would kind of jump the barricades, take people out, kind of like what he does now, but he just does it through the entrance trap. And um, he was a force to be reckoned with, uh, and he didn't want a job to Lesnar. And so he, there was no buildup was, was his thing. So he leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this happens. Uh, another thing that I left out is when Undertaker was champion for that brief amount of time from May to July. This is when we get the famous Jeff Hardy Undertaker match on Raw. Do you remember that one? Mm. Climb the ladder, kid. Make yourself famous. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Except yeah, you sound like shit awesome compared match. to JR. So just saying. Oh, well, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I'm not from Oklahoma, so well, I can't you're, do it. You're pretty redneck, so. But no, I remember that. So that's true. Yep. Southern so we're jumping. I'm jumping sure. a little bit here in in those months, but um, <clears throat> another thing that happened, I guess, during this time is Shawn Michaels returns. Uh, he wrestles at SummerSlam mm-hmm. that year against Triple H, and I don't remember if it was an unsanctioned or no disqualification match. I think it was unsanctioned. And then they went on. And And then he comes back as part of the regular roster later in the fall, around September, October, winning the title at Survivor Series in the first ever Elimination Chamber. There you go. Yep. First. God, that was some good. Yep. Holy crap. That was good shit back then. A lot of the DVDs I got are from that fucking era. I'm looking at them right now. So, <laughs> holy shit. Yeah, that was When some Bischoff good... created or he brought back the world heavyweight title, it's given to Triple H. Um, and then I think he kept the world tag team champions. And then SmackDown created the WWE tag team championships and they revived the US title. And they had tournaments for both of those. Um, they also brought back the cruiserweight mm-hmm. title. And it stayed on SmackDown from 2002 until September 28, 2007, when it was 
disbanded. Um, see, I have on here. So there was a tournament, and I remember this tournament because some of those teams. Uh, but the first WWE Tag Team Champions for SmackDown crowned via tournament. Do you remember who they were? Uh, nope. Los it was Benoit and no. Angle. And they defeated ah, Edge and Ray okay. on October 20th, 2002. Um, and then from June 19th, or I'm, I'm jumping to, 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 to that 2003. I won't go there yet. But in 2003, they introduced the U.S. title for SmackDown. They have a tournament there as well. Um, yeah. Up until the end of 2002... Uh. The pay-per-views that were done were co-branded. The end of 2002, they mm -hmm. became brand exclusive, except for the big ones, which were Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, WrestleMania, and SummerSlam. Yep. And then each, right, it was forward. like one month on, one month off, that SmackDown would have a pay-per-view, and then Raw would have a pay-per-view. And the first brand exclusive pay-per-view was Bad Blood. Um, some other stuff I have here is August 29th, 2002, Undertaker was moved to SmackDown along with Lesnar, Benoit, and Guerrero. And then if you remember in that fall of 2002, I remember because I didn't get Raw at that time and I was, uh, I was big into SmackDown. But uh, Undertaker and Lesnar had some mm -hmm. great matches. They battled at Unforgiven. And then they had that Hell in a Cell match at yep. No Mercy, I believe. No and, Mercy. Yeah. Yep. I believe and, uh, Mercy, yeah. and then it led to um, Lesnar against Big Show at Survivor Series, where Heyman turned on Lesnar. Yeah, and then was the advocate yep. for the big show. And then, and then 2003, it yep. kind of. And then somewhere, and then somewhere in that nine or that time frame is when they broke the ring on SmackDown. Uh, too. yeah, I remember that when he su when he when he suplexed Big Show off the top, and it was the first time that I think I I think I can remember seeing a ring collapse like that. I mean, obviously yep. they jimmied the ring to do it. But he suplexed the 500-pound Big Show, and, you know, Taz was on the call, and Michael Cole, and it was like... Yeah, oh, that, was, my God. that was cool to see, though. Yeah, big deal. Um, yeah, because SmackDown was yeah. always on UPN at the time, was the channel that I got it on. And I always remembered, because I was never home during that time, because I worked out of town, and I would always have to record it. And this was in like the early days of like DDRs. Yeah, and you shit. probably still had a, a VCR so. back then. Come on. So um, I know I did. Maybe. I mean, I didn't get a DVD player till what, 2005, 2006? So we're still in the VHS era. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the VHS era. But so on SmackDown, <laughs> things. 
are are kind of um how do you say so if you remember and I didn't write this in my notes so this is just off of memory um Lesnar loses the title to the big show and then Lesnar I think he has to compete at the Royal Rumble in 2003 in the first match in order to gain entry into that Royal Rumble and then he goes on and wins it to challenge Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 19 which you were at and you're going to tell us about um yeah like it's for like the fourth time today whatever Um, uh, so we had, we had that, um, another thing that, so there's just so much good shit going on, on SmackDown. I hope you got stuff. I hope you got some stuff for raw because <laughs> I know there's good stuff going on on raw. I, yeah, I mean, there was, I mean, you had, you know, the insurgence of like Randy Orton and evolution was starting during this time and stuff like that. But really, to be quite honest, if you were watching WWE at that time, you were really not really paying a whole lot of attention to raw. I mean, you were watching both <laughs> shows, but you were so really evolution was, was formed January 20th, and 2003. That's when they all came out together. Yep. Um, I, I guess yeah. we'll touch on Raw a little bit. I'll yep. go off of memory. So going into this, uh, Triple H is champion. Uh, this is when he starts that feud with Booker T, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Going into WrestleMania. Yeah. And he just gets buried. Yeah, WrestleMania 19, yes. <clears throat> yeah, it really, like, and then the match like itself was probably one of Triple H's worst yep. matches at Mania. I mean, it just had it had some build up but like they really didn't like they just the whole storyline in general was really weird because they were like pushing the fact that like oh I'm a successful white man and yeah. you're just a fucking criminal record. black guy from the street and yeah you and it was just, it was it was it was weird. It really was weird. And I was hoping that, I mean, because you're playing Booker T as the baby face, which he really yeah, had he never played a WCW baby face did. before, kind of. I mean, kind of. Yeah, towards the end, but. Like, Come on, man. You're making this look I don't bad. Know, He'd like, been a baby face before. To know me, your shit. like. I GI know. bro. GI GI uh what was it GI But he was bro? a baby face GI when he bro. won the title there too. Bro. But anyways, go on. That's true. Yeah, but yeah, it was just a weird it was a weird thing and yeah. Probably wasn't one of the big matches like it <clears> wanted <throat> to be at WrestleMania 19, but it was just awkward. A lot of yeah. stuff back so then. Was I think every era has too. shit moments. Um Obviously, you're you're a big uh, attitude right. era, which which was great. But it had some like if it wasn't on the mid card, um, it was shit a lot of the times. Like a lot of the undercard was shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think what what makes mm-hmm. it stand out to me 
um is that like this this era is you had so much great in-ring talent and it introduced us to a lot of the the best matches on on these cards yeah it ele- this this era definitely elevated the mid-card talent that i think was getting you know that was prominently doing the sunday night heats and the velocities and the you know the tape shows and we're getting yep. time on raw and smackdown but once they once they decided hey we're going to really put some time behind Benoit and Eddie and cuz these guys are great workers and we're going to yep. feature wrestling on our show and just gave them a blank canvas and just said go for it yep. and you really seen the cream rise to the top <clears throat> you seen who yep so during was the during best. this time um so leading into WrestleMania that's that's the world heavyweight title match uh on smackdown it, it's getting built as mm-hmm. um angle has his team angle now with um charlie haas and shelton benjamin yeah shelton yep god that was that was awesome some of the shit and they did. uh he's was, hurt and so he's gonna good. drop the title to um lesnar at wrestlemania Mm-hmm. And it was pretty well known that Angle was going to drop going in. Like, it when it happened, that Lesnar, I remember the feeling in that building. Like, nobody was, like, overly shocked that Lesnar won. I think they were more shocked that he tried the shooting yep. star and spiked himself in the middle of the ring. But, <clears throat> no, everybody knew that Angle was fucked going into that match. So... That was pretty common knowledge. I mean, they even kind of reported about it during like commentary and stuff. They're like, yeah, well, you know, Angle's going to kind of need some time and blah, blah, blah. And it was just like, and then he goes in, they still have a damn good match. And yeah, I mean, Lesnar was fucking out of it. I don't think he remembered his celebration. So um, before we go... What, I do have Jericho a favorite Michaels? match of that card, though. You yeah, that it? was that was oh, a good match. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> yep. The build up to it was good. I love that. Oh Jericho! Oh, I love you, Sean. Yeah, I love you, Sean. And then bam, right um, in the nutbag. So before we get into that, I guess the on Raw, uh, the feud that was going on was uh, they did the Elimination Chamber at Survivor Series. Shawn Michaels came out the winner, um, which was, I, I thought it was a great uh, feel-good moment. You know, he'd been away from the business for so long. He comes back. He wins the title. And those shit brown tights he wore mm-hmm. at Survivor Series. And um, then he loses like a month or two later against <laughs> uh, Triple H, I think, at Bad okay. Blood. And then Triple H holds it for... Mm-hmm. And, then, and when you say it was bad blood, like yep. it was bad blood. They used to still get color back then. Or at least those two did. Big I remember deal. that being like Yeah. One thing pretty too that, yeah. that we could bring up around this time or beforehand, before I dive into all my SmackDown stuff, 
Um, the NWO coming out of WrestleMania 18 consisted of Hall and Nash, and they'd added what, X-Pac, Big Show. Shawn Michaels came back initially to do some mic work with them, and they added Booker T and then kicked him out. And then they did the plane ride from hell during this year, 2002. Um, Hall uh, got fired. Um, and then just the NWO just disappeared after that. Like it, it didn't go anywhere. Uh, yeah, Hogan was mm, Hogan, like separated Hogan from the face. NWO right away. Like I don't even think they feuded much after, as like other mm. than on on TV for like a week or two, maybe some tag matches that I remember after WrestleMania, and then it was done. It mm. was just like, okay, I'm a babyface now. I'm going to go get me my title. Mm-hmm. Yep. Red, so one thing, and yellow, I didn't brother. do a lot of research on this, so I can give updates on our part two next month or next week, but, or, or the week after whenever we decide to do it. But, <clears throat> um, uh, Hulk Hogan came out as, uh, Mr. America with a mask. Do you remember that? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I that wasn't Hogan. So I dude. think this happened. That was not Hogan. It was Hogan. How do you know it was Hogan? It's just like how do you know that I that was know. Rhino that speared Michael Elgin at Slammiversary a couple weeks ago? That wasn't Rhino. That <laughs> wasn't a a Those weren't tree trunk legs. Um it was not Hogan. Yep. So Yeah. T Rex. I was just gonna bring him up. Remember yeah, Zach yeah, Gowan? I have him here. So, are we going to talk about Zach? Oh, okay, yeah. cool. The, for those of you who oh, don't was, know who Zach Gowan is, I, I think he still might do some independent stuff, but he's a, a one-legged wrestler. Um, he became pretty prominent on the SmackDown brand uh, around this time, 2000, 2003, I believe. Uh, he had feuds with Vince McMahon, with Brock Lesnar. Uh, God, Lesnar. When he would have five of them into the post so with his Lesnar one good leg. Of him. Oh. Uh, yeah, yep. God. And just like doing the shit on the staircase. And God damn, man. So, it was like cringy. I was like, good God, he's going to kill that poor fucking kid. And the kid wasn't that big, let alone yeah, I think, having uh, one less leg than a normal person. I think. I felt. So not all this stuff was, was good. I think this is part of the stuff I didn't really enjoy. Um, I thought it was great that he was there, but I thought kind of how he was handled was bad. Um, the way the, so this kind of led, and I don't have notes on this, which I should have gotten and I don't, but eventually in 2003, uh, it led away from Stephanie McMahon being the general manager and then it went into, um, I think, towards 2004, into Paul Heyman being the general manager. And I think the way it was written off was, uh, you remember the right. Vince McMahon-Stephanie McMahon match? That was god-awful. I think it was, yeah, well, uh, it was either a No Mercy or a No Way I remember out. it. I don't remember which pay-per-view it was. Uh, something like that, but it was, it was bad. And 
Yeah. So yeah. around this time, I think a lot he wanted to push like an incest angle with his daughter, and and, and uh, thankfully it, it all got shot down. But um, yeah, that was bad. So, anyways, uh, yeah, that that's yeah. uh, I was talking about what was going on in Raw. So the NWO just kind of just disappeared, um, and then it goes into WrestleMania 19 like that. So on um, on SmackDown. So, Kurt Angle lost the WWE title to Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Then Kurt Angle won the title back on July 27, 2003 at Vengeance from, um, well, it was a triple threat match also involving the Big Show. And I think that's how he lost it. And then, uh, then Brock Lesnar wins the title back on uh smackdown uh so i have differing dates it's either september 16th or september 18th of 2003 and it was in an iron man match on smackdown do you remember that so that is the best iron man match that i, I have know, ever I seen know. so if you haven't seen it cody you suck and you should go back and watch it. So it was Brock Lesnar and Kurt yeah, Angle Iron Man match. Okay. Oh. I'm trying to. I. It's not yeah. ringing like a. <clears throat> so we're into 2003 belt, now. I'll go back. And watch. Um. One one big thing that happens in 2003 is at Backlash. Yeah, nobody gives a shit. I went to WrestleMania 19. Um, Goldberg returns (laughs) and he faces The Rock. So after. Oh, oh, yes. Okay. Okay. So I got a quick, I got a quick story, quick story, quick story. Oh, they played his vignette in Safeco Field and that fucking place popped. And I remember turning to my older brother right at that minute and I said, Raw's in Seattle tomorrow yeah. night at Key West where the Supersonics used to play. Um, and I was like, we need to go to Raw. At that point, we didn't have tickets to Raw. And he's like, oh, yeah. I mean, it would be cool, but, you know, I don't think nothing's going to happen. I was like, dude, Goldberg, you goddamn know Goldberg's going to show up tomorrow. No, fuck that. No, he's not. We're not. We don't need to go. Watching Raw that next morning, sitting on the sitting on the couch in my apartment and fucking Goldberg walks out on Ron. I just turned to my, brother you were probably like, crying motherfucker. We motherfucker. could have been there for this. And I was, I was like, yeah, cause I'm like 21 years old at this point. I'm like, dude, Goldberg's fucking like 30 minutes away from us right now. Like walking into the arena, you know, damn well, he's going to be there. I was pissed. Could have been there. I mean, I mean, shit, I just left WrestleMania 19, but I was more pissed that I wasn't at Raw the next yeah. night. But it was one of those Raw after Mania moments that they always play. Was so Goldberg was, walking uh, out. I guess WrestleMania I 19 been there. Uh, was Austin's just last saying. match. Anyways. It was kind of unceremonious. It wasn't like announced or broadcast like all these last matches yeah. are announced these days. It, it just happened, and that was the end of it. Nope. And uh, Austin had come back uh, earlier in the yep. year 
Um, and he'd kind of come back, um, done that match, and and that was the end of it. Next night on Raw, Raw or Rock comes out, kind of gloating about it, playing the heel part. Goldberg comes out. He's doing this rock concert, I believe, is what happened. Um, and then they have a match at Backlash. So Goldberg mm-hmm. is in the WWE now on Raw. Um, mm-hmm. And Triple H is still pretty much the champion throughout. They have a SummerSlam match, uh, Elimination Chamber, yep. another Elimination Chamber at SummerSlam, which um, Triple H comes out victorious. And then Goldberg does get the title for a little bit in that fall, I believe, right? And then he ends up losing it back again. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. WrestleMania 20. um, So one thing that happened in 2003, which was awesome, and it's my favorite time, was the rise of Eddie Guerrero. Um, so we had Rey Mysterio who'd come back, who I was a big fan mm. of. Um, and he'd come back in 2002. I have it written down here somewhere. Uh, July 25th, 2002 is when, when Rey Mysterio came back. So he, he, his first big thing was he feuded with Chavo Guerrero. Then he did, uh, he did he did the tag stuff with Edge. Cruiserweight um, title, yeah. And then Eddie Guerrero was part of the Los Guerreros. In two thousand three he kind of he broke away from that a little bit. Um they <laughs> did the they brought back the US title. Yeah. And it was from June nineteenth to July twenty seventh of two thousand three. And right. at Vengeance for the vacant title, it was Eddie Guerrero against Chris Benoit. Yeah. Benoit. And Ed- yep. I do remember Vengeance US title match. I was kind of disappointed that it had a different look to it though, to be quite honest, because I was I yeah. love the US heavyweight title <clears throat> from WCW, like yep. the original. And then they brought it back as the United States Championship. And it's the funny thing is, is that's the and one belt shit. that hasn't changed since like the early two thousands. I don't like it. Like every other belt, and the... yeah, and it, I mean, at at first it was kind of cool looking. I I, so I got used get to, to it. I except for when John Cena threw his fucking spinner shit on it. But so yeah, Ugh, please. Okay. All right, so. Quick segue. When are we gonna like clout that yeah, we, we had RVD share one yeah, of our memes? Are we gonna save that for the end? Yes, he was. Um, okay, I believe because he was RVD on Raw, was there during this time, and so. he was he was he was dealing. He had a lot of intercontinental runs. He mm-hmm, had some feuds with Jeff Hardy. Like I say, great great time to be a fan. I think at this time, yeah. uh, I think it's underappreciated. But the rise of Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero was and probably still is my favorite wrestler of all time. Um in 2003 he began kind of his singles run. He was very popular. He was United States champion. He had feuds with Big Show, 
Um, he had feuds. He had that street fight on SmackDown with John Cena when John Cena came out and he was Doctor of Thugonomics. Yep. <laughs> Won the title. He yeah, did the, the spinner thing on, on the, the title cars, John and, Cena did. Yeah, I remember that. Um, uh, I think he won it from the big yeah, short WrestleMania know. 20, didn't he? Yeah. The I want to say title? he did, but we could be wrong. Uh, so I know that match was against Big Show. It was John Cena and Big Show at WrestleMania 20. <clears throat> yep. And, and I think that yeah, might have I been think where right. the spinning belt was introduced. And this is 2004 now, but in 2003, Eddie Guerrero had feuds with Big Show over it. Um, and he was he was really uh, uh-huh. a big part of SmackDown at the time. Um, and then going into 2004, when both Goldberg and oh, Lesnar were on their way out, I remember the tease they did at Royal Rumble when they kind of introduced each other. Uh, and then I was like, oh, man, this is going to be a WrestleMania match. This is going to be fucking awesome. And it was shit. But. Yeah. But. Oh, I mean, Le- or that, Lesnar and Goldberg. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But that led what to. What is it with Goldberg and shit to, matches? Um, Eddie Guerrero <laughs> winning the title. Sorry. At no Way Out, I believe, right? No Way Out before WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, Cal Palace, no way out. Big like when you hear Sasha Banks talk about it, like that's her moment that made her like say she was going to be coming, and a lot of people clout that like that was one of the biggest moments because, um, yeah, no way out, Eddie, because well, Lesnar never been beat clean. He wasn't beat clean there either, and but... Eddie got one over on him. Yeah. Right, right, but it, you know what I meant. Like nobody really went over. Like Lesnar pretty much fucking yeah. destroyed everybody. I mean, oh, imagine so, that. Twenty years later, still does the same thing. But yeah, I mean, I remember yeah. watching that No Way Out and popping out of my mind because yeah. I was like, oh my god, Eddie. so like because I was one a thing huge I guess Eddie going into this like, that was kind of the first nope, time it ever been done was. and was was it's like oh man like we didn't know that could happen was at the royal rumble chris benoit won the royal rumble um he came in at number one won Mm -hmm. the whole thing he was part of smackdown and then he says i want to challenge for the raw title yep and everybody's like oh shit you can do that yeah and this led to the triple threat match mm-hmm. because Shawn Michaels wanted to go for the title. And he's like, you can't take this from me. And he goes and does the contract signing that Chris Benoit was supposed to sign. Super kicks Benoit, signs the contract as well. And now per storyline, it's a legal binding contract. So it's now a triple threat match. Yep. Yeah, and, and so this H leads in the to corner zone and the like, triple oh my threat, God, yeah, that main event in WrestleMania 20. 
that yep. doesn't get talked about due to Chris Benoit's death and what he did at the time of his death. So I think, um, and I could be wrong. Yes. Personal opinion. I think a lot of the, this era gets, um, doesn't get the clout it deserves or the amazing wrestling, you know, you, you can't, go through some of these wrestling matches without mentioning Benoit because he was a big part of this. But where he's such a controversial figure now, it's erased from the history books. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're right. Well, and not that Eddie had a controversial death either, but... Because of their friendship. A lot of Eddie stuff gets overshadowed too because of the way he kind of, because of his friendship and the way like Eddie's. I don't think it gets overshadowed with, because, with his uh, drug addiction and his alcoholism. And WWE and loves selling just, one of those underdog ones. Um, so yeah, you know, going okay. into this, I'll, I'll give you that Eddie Guerrero's champion on SmackDown. Uh, he's going to go into a match with Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 20. Uh, it's going to be Brock Lesnar against Goldberg. Um, and then it's going to be the triple threat match, which I thought was a great triple threat match, a great buildup to it. And then the moment at the end where Eddie and Benoit are out there, both holding the titles, confetti's falling down. That was some good shit. No, I ain't no pussy. Come on. Mm-hmm. I don't drive no Prius, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of. <laughs> yep. No, but it was an awesome moment in, in one of the world's best wrestling buildings in the world in Madison Square Garden. I mean, it just. Oh, yeah, it was. I mean, I remember standing there at the end going, eh, that's pretty fucking awesome. Two guys that have started this. You know, it was like the first recognition of guys that had worked and grinded their way through the independence or the territories, through Mexico, through Japan, like two solid yep. of the two best workers in the business. You know, the Rabbit and Wolverine and Latino Heat. Like, it was fucking, it was Awesome as a true wrestling fan to see that because yep. it was so yeah, you weren't like looking said, at characters, you were looking at wrestling during this time, you know. And uh, yep, and so it gets yeah. it gets overlooked, it Some gets of overshadowed. Best stuff. Um, goes in the WrestleMania 20, they're both champions. We've left some stuff out, so this is as I mentioned earlier, 2002 is when John Cena was introduced. 2003 is when he kind of became the doctor of thugonomics. Um, and it goes into 2004. Um, in 2003, after Brock Lesnar won the title at WrestleMania, I believe his first, his first, uh, title defense was at backlash against John Cena. And that's when John Cena introduced the FU, later titled the Attitude Adjustment when they went to PG. 
Yep. So the reason he called it the FU was because mm-hmm. Lesnar yeah. called his the F5. You remember? Mm-hmm. And Lesnar took his ball and went home. And so insider question here, kind of off the mark a little bit. If Lesnar doesn't get pissed off and say he's done with traveling and I'm not going to do this shit no more and politics backstage and just has his fill. Is John Cena what John Cena is today? Or if Lesnar so, sticks around, we do we ever see the real shows. big push of John Cena? And so if Lesnar stuck around, it didn't mean he was going to stay on SmackDown. If if John Cena had that, that drawing power at the time, he he was being groomed even before Lesnar left, right? So he goes into WrestleMania 20, at, you know, U.S. champion, WrestleMania 21, he wins the title. So a year later. And from then on, he's Super Cena. But I think so. It might it mm-hmm. might have not happened as quickly, but you can only hold talent back so long and say what you will about John Cena, but you don't stay on top of the industry as long as you have without being talented. Yep. Oh, yeah. Even if you only got five moves yep. to do them. It worked for Hogan, it worked for Rock, it worked for Austin. Yeah, a couple of those guys were actually legit good workers, like Austin. It's the moves that get you to pop. But you look at their their moveset, and they have a rock bottom, and yeah, yeah. Stunners to this day, no matter who does them, they go, oh shit, a stunner. (laughs) Doesn't matter who so, does it. Um, there was you know, only we're, one we're guy that ahead did of it ourselves. Right. I want to stop it at oh, WrestleMania yeah. 20 Anyways. and continue it from there on our next Ruthless Aggression because there's a lot. There's probably a lot we've left out. Okay. But I think from the stuff that we touched on, if you were watching at this time or you remember at this time, hopefully it brings back some of those memories and you go back and watch some of these matches, some of the stuff that doesn't get talked about. Those tag matches for the tag tournaments on SmackDown with Los Guerreros, Edge, Edge and Ray, um, uh, Benoit and Kurt Angle. That stuff was great. Like when they would do the ankle lock and then they would do the cross face at the same time, you know, uh, Ray was so innovative at the time. At the time, you didn't have cruiserweights like him. And so. Some of the stuff going on there was just great. And SmackDown was where you had the pure wrestlers and Raw was where you kind of had the entertainers. Good work, wasn't it? Yeah. You so, had more of the, um, the scripted television. That's where we'll put it at for our part one. That kind of stuff. Uh, we hope you enjoyed that. If you have questions for us regarding this, uh, please let us know. Send them to unprofessionalfans at gmail.com. Uh, drop a comment, uh, messages on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, whatever your preference. And then if you have questions or something you want us to cover or want our thoughts for part two of the Ruthless Aggression Era, uh, please let us know. And then um, one thing I guess we didn't talk about at the beginning was I made a meme 
this last week of Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam is a talent for impact right now. And he showed up on the raw reunion. <laughs> so I put, when you get so high that you show up on raw instead of impact, I tagged RVD on it. He liked it. I thought that was cool. I was like, Oh shit. RVD liked our photo. Next thing I know, he shares it. Unfortunately, he cropped off the bottom where it says the, um, pro wrestle pod and he shares it. And it's just huge. Like it's, it's getting shown on different dirt sheet websites. Uh, there's a bunch of likes on Instagram, on Facebook. I've seen it on a couple different areas. And there's been a couple people on Instagram who've helped give us credit for it. Um, which is great. Like I was mm -hmm. just, I was happy and excited that. RVD, a guy I've met before, shook his hand, have a picture with, got a chuckle out of something, um, you know, we made and we put out there and that he liked it so much. He, he put it out there again himself. Yeah. He personally, yeah. When he personally shared it and there was a few comments yeah. on his Instagram page, like, I can't believe you actually shared that. And his response was, it's too funny not to. Like, everybody knows RVD likes to burn the green stuff. Yep. Like, it's 2019. Everybody knows RVDs loves that <laughs> shit. So, and if you've met him yeah, in person. Yeah, that's Cody's MO. Or pissed next to him in a urinal, like I have. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's, he's a cool, he's a, he, he just extrudes so, the coolness. So I, I went up like, to him and talked to what him. What you right? see on For TV is exactly know, what you see outside. When we were in Vegas. Like, and I was I was hammered. Like I'd seen him earlier in the night and I was like, oh shit, that's RVD. But I'm a shy dude. I didn't want to go bug him. But as I was, I went up there to take a leak and I see him and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go talk to him. So I go, I talk to him, take a picture. And then Cody goes and he he goes and takes a leak next to him, checking out his whole schlong and shit. <laughs> and so so I guess I guess there's two different the types of dudes. Show. Exactly. Whatever. But anyways, yeah, that, that was cool that, that he shared that. Um I I had guys at work talking to me about it that like follow our uh, social media pages. They may not exactly listen to our podcast, even it, though I'm like, probably because you guys should listen because like, like some of the shit we're saying on there. I don't want to listen to you talk. You should tell them true. that I'm a lot cooler than you, Cody. Then they probably listen to it. <laughs> That's true. But yeah, so like it, it, even my wife popped for it. She's like, oh my God, that's fucking awesome. Like, I'm like, yeah, like that's, I thought it was fucking awesome. Yep. And all, all there was was a yeah, few there's, pictures on a, so a there's been a couple that I've made on a picture that I'm like, oh man, this is going to be huge. Went, and you get like 10 likes on viral. it. And then there's some that I'm like, well, this is going to be okay. And they just take off. And so, uh, there's been a couple I've shared. I've tried to keep to original content, but, uh, there's, there's a couple on Instagram, like, um, I'll, I'll give a shout out to some of these guys that post some good stuff. Um, let's see. 
the wrestle. Let me, I got to look them up. Yes. Wrestling means 420 or something. I remember. Wrestle. Yep. Yeah. I've seen some of them too. And because obviously and we have the access meme. to the same Instagram account. So like, wait. And just so everybody, yeah, just so everybody knows, like Leo's our social media guy. <laughs> like it, you can tell when it's a post of mine because it's shit. Sometimes like some of them have been okay, but I don't know how to do all the like hashtags and like all that shit. Cause <laughs> I'm fucking old school. Don't be hating on me. Cause, new breed of cause I'm getting us all whatever, these likes, you know, and knows how to work the Instagram. So, <laughs> hey it's working leo is our tech guy he's he just shows our, up i'm so like it, human it resources and talent to, that's it uh, not I'm a like very good talent relations it, it was cody's and, idea to do this podcast yeah cody's idea to do all these social media things and i just kind of manage it so i guess that's why that's why i'm in management and you're not right Ooh. <laughs> no anyways uh so yeah that was cool uh follow our pages i know a lot of you follow and don't necessarily listen which is fine um but i think a lot of i think a lot of the stuff we put out there kind of bleeds to kind of how we are and and the stuff we talk about um so we are planning on doing some interviews this weekend which i'm very nervous about just because i want them to turn out good and i'm a little skeptical on our audio setups and our calls and, and stuff like that and i don't want none of that stuff to mess up but um we do have we do have some right <clears throat> yeah because both of these are ones that we've been touting for a while and we've reached out to these individuals and as the yeah. uh, beast in Vegas, like dude, when he sent us those links to those YouTubes, dude, I got fucking so pumped. I was like, Oh my God, if he, if that doesn't, and that's why I commented in the text with him. I'm like, if that doesn't get you pumped for pro wrestling and fucking heavy metal music, He's like, I don't I want know to what go does out because it my child. Like, I wanted to go out and like start bumping in a ring myself. I'm like, fuck. yeah. So I mean, he he kind <laughs> of like, already named man, up. I don't want to name drop anymore, shit. Cody, like, because oh, you know, I was knowing us, we'll fuck it up somehow, and then we won't be able to deliver. And so we're nervous okay, about these it. interviews, but we're hoping they come out well. No, and we're hoping we can drop them to you guys here okay. in the next week or two. Um, so we do have some good things coming up. We are still working on our audio. I know you've heard it yeah. a lot, but we are constantly trying to improve. So we've been using different apps. This one so far, uh, does not sound bad. I guess we'll, we'll see when we put out the finished product. Um, but we're still not where, at least me personally, I'm not where I want to be yet where I'm comfortable with my audio. So we're going to keep trying to 
to evolve it and make it better. Put out different segments, put out different things. Yeah. And yeah. And we're trying to keep it with our audio upgrades and our all this shit. We're trying to keep it like semi affordable because yeah, you yeah. could go you could pretty much go I mean you could just build a radio station in your goddamn house and be yep. fine with it. So but, um like, anyways, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, no, uh that's not gonna happen. I think we, we did a good episode not for a today. While, anyway. Um keep following us, share with your friends, make sure they follow us, and stay unprofessional. Follow us and stay unprofessional. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for joining us. And remember to stay unprofessional.